Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Iron Workers Local 401, Boilermakers Local 13, Plumbers Local 690, Roofers Local 30, and IBEW Local 98. Choose a Local 98 contractor. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Hi, everyone. This is Joe Krause of Jacob Media Partners with an incredible amount of gratitude. I want to thank the WPHT radio listening audience for embracing and listening to a lot of great programming on the weekends right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Shows like Beer, Chips, and Politics, The Labor Show, Good News in Real Estate, and the Lawyer to Lawyer Network. Then there's my favorites, Voices of Faith with Jim Brown, Roadmap to Retirement, The Radio Show, and the Sunday night weekly special, Women to Watch. From labor to medical to legal and everywhere in between, Jacob Media is proud to provide this great audience with exceptional programming. On behalf of everyone involved with Jacob Media, happy holidays. Oh, I almost forgot. Presented by Ocean Casino and Resort. Go for the live shows, go for the win. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is a special edition of The Labor Show with J. Doc, Krause, and John Doherty. And this is the John Doherty Hour here on Talk Radio 1210. WPHT, along with J. Doc M. Joe Krause, and of course, yours truly, uh, John Doherty, joining us for hour number two, following a spirited uh, hour number one live show here tonight uh, on 1210. Johnny Doc, welcome in, my friend. I've been waiting since the decision came down yesterday when the National Football League decided the Philadelphia Eagles would have to wait until Tuesday to play the Washington football team. Uh, I've been waiting since then to get your thoughts, man, as Philly's biggest fan. Uh, how do you feel about it, brother? And welcome in on a Saturday night. Look hot, guys. I feel the same way all of Philadelphia and most of the Eagles feel. Yeah. It's, a, it's a money decision made by the NFL. It's the wrong decision. Okay, you got a defensive end, okay, who was not vaccinated, who had people over his house, the Washington Redskins, they believe that was the, the major spread factor, at least that's what their rumors are, and because 20 or so of their team members, okay, come down with COVID, we have to now wait three, four days to play a game, okay, wait till they get healthy, wait till they have players available, when we're in a playoff, okay, hunt exactly with Washington. It's crazy. It's insane. That's a, they, they either they show up and play, or they forfeit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, 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 it's too easy. It, it's ridiculous. Uh, you know that 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 uh, Washington. First of all, I, you know. I, well, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, J Doc, uh, and and John, we didn't have a chance to talk really talk offline about it. But I'm sitting there saying, 
wait a minute. Where's the players union on this? Where's the player reps from all the teams blowing up the NFL right now? Well, now we I got a short week coming up. I don't up. understand it. Right. We have a short I mean, week coming up I know Rodney McLeod, now. who's the players rep for, 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 for the Eagles. Big play slay was, uh, was all over uh, social media, you, you know, complaining and, 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 and uh, just like everybody else, just like John just said. Um, but, but yeah, I just think I, I, I don't understand it. I don't know how they can mandate it. Change what they said at the beginning of the – the NFL outlined the darn protocol, and, the, and then they changed it to accommodate the Washington football team. Yeah, John, how does it – I mean, have we heard – I mean, two days is going to make that much of a difference? I mean, you know, in other words, what, what's the difference on, on Tuesday? Well, they're changing their protocol. Oh, they're changing so they, they activate a four or five players today. So if they act, I don't know what the actual protocol would have been about playing tomorrow, but they act, they activated you know, a couple of defensive linemen, Allen and Sweat, who I think was one of the non-vaccinated players. Their Sweat, not ours. Uh, you know, and again, you hit on something gigantic, Joe. It just gives us a short week against the Giants. It's ridiculous. You know, you know, it's some, yeah, it is ridiculous. Now. I mean, Joe Crouch, you said to me during the week the NFL has painted themselves in a corner with a lot of these rules. Um, I guess not expecting. I mean, it's very it, it's very con- confusing. Well, the three o'clock game today. Here's what I know: the, the, or the four o'clock game, whatever time it was. The pitch or the 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 Cleveland Vegas game was postponed today. That game was rescheduled, and I think that game is now. Maybe it's Monday. Maybe that game is Tuesday, too. I don't even know. Um, and then the Eagles game tomorrow goes to Tuesday night. You've got a holiday. You've got two days of rest. It, the only break for the football team, John, is that they're playing the Giants at home. If they were going on right. a road somewhere, that would magnify, the, that would magnify it, uh, you know, I would imagine, even, even more. Oh, absolutely. Not that there's any tiny little positive, you know, we got Sanders and Howard are both, you know, a little banged up. They were supposed to be healthy for Sunday, so I imagine they'll be healthier on Tuesday. But, uh, again, you know, it, there, there's the Eagles, because they followed all these protocols, and as a team, you know, spent a lot of time trying to make, make it as protective, you know, from the pandemic and COVID as possible, because Washington seemed to be a little bit more sloppier, Okay, which has been a pattern with them for the last two or three years from their ownership down. Yep. Okay, now we have to play a game. Okay, well, most definitely we would have been better off playing tomorrow. And then we have to play in a short week. And we're competing with this team for one of the last playoff spots. Yeah, it's about you. You said it's it's about money. They can't forfeit. Nobody can afford to forfeit a game in the NFL. So in other words, they just they're just not going to give you the W. But the bottom line is, um, for 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 us not to be playing tomorrow is a disgrace. It's an absolute disgrace. And because Washington, well, the travesty in the decision will be this: when we get to Tuesday night. And the game ends on Tuesday night at the link. If that game ends in anything other than a win, <laughs> that that decision, the ramifications of that decision will roll right through the holidays. It will. It, 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 through the rest of the season, actually. It will, but it won't matter. I was going to say, absolutely, the whole season. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. It's crucial for us right now. We're tied with them, and 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 we're in, in, well. It's one or two. We got it's one or two in the next thirteen days. Um, we play what all and four NFC East division opponents. You know, in the mm-hmm. next thirteen days, right? We play or, or however long it is, however long it is from the ninth of January to now, somewhere in that area, we play that we play four NFC East opponents. Now, I think uh, it, it hurts might benefit from this. Uh, he may, you know, he may. It's a, a couple extra days. Yeah, but here's when he here's the here's where he doesn't benefit from it. Um, if hurts, if if the two additional days. Give Hertz on a high ankle sprain right. the ability to come back and play. Now he's got to play against their first teamers that would normally have been out. No. When that game's done, he's got to now get ready again yeah, to go against the Giants football team. Oh, by the way, within a much shorter period of time and a, ho- and a Christmas holiday in between. Um, tough stuff. Uh, John Doherty. <laughs> tough stuff. Tough being Philly's biggest fan these days, brother. Yeah, I'll tell you, it, and, you know, you look at the other sports right now, you know, we really didn't spend much time. You know, I'm a diehard baseball fan. I'm a Phillies fan since a little kid. You know, I told you, you used to crawl into the room, you know, at, and listen to the at 10.30 games on my dad's radio when I was a baby. So I sit here and I watch the Mets making all these moves, you know, and then, then we have the, the lockout. So I'm hoping when we get back from that, the Phillies are you know, going to spend a little bit of money and keep us competitive and, you know, go get Kyle Schwaber and or, or the kid from Cincinnati, the, the bomber. You know, pick some of these guys up. Flyers, I, I don't understand. I, 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 it frustrates the crap out of me. You, you guys have heard me say this. You know, I thought we held on to Drew and all them guys just a little too long. But, you know, I, I was a big Frost guy, and, and, and I don't understand why playing. Everybody else picks people in the first and second round, and they play. We keep them in the minors. That type of mentality just, you know, doesn't work for me. I don't understand it, you know, and I don't know if it's economics. It never was economics, you know, under Mr. Snyder. I don't understand why it would be economics under Comcast, you know. So, and then the 76ers are total frustration. You saw that coming with the way the Ben Simmons thing played out. You know, people that will take now, you know, we would have got as part of a much bigger package. The Murray kid from San Antonio seems to be a hot topic. You know, they were throwing him at us with a ton of draft picks. We said no. He's probably better than Simmons straight up right now. Doc, the one, the, the one, and I don't know whether you would agree with this or not, the one moment in the timeline for the process when this team had the right component, the right players, was when Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler, I knew you were going to say Buckets, that. Yeah, was on this team, and when they moved on from him, and um, they signed, they moved on from Buckets, they signed Horford, and that was a disaster. That was that was the part of it. That was the shift, and now we're left with eleven years later, you know, and. The process is dead, and this team is twirling right now. And, and listen, I said to somebody the other day, Doc, I'll take Mo Cheeks. I'll take the Boston killer, Andrew Tony, I'll take Malone. I'll take Iavaroni off the bench. I'll take CJ. I'll take the good doctor. I'll take that kind of – I'll take old school basketball right now. 
uh, you know, over what, just over what we have, so. Well, I got a couple of them jerseys in my closet. In my yeah. like, <laughs> I got it, brother. I love them, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and you miss my man, Bobby Jones. Oh, man, I love Bobby Jones. You know, I, him yeah, taking I, a bounce pass from Maurice Cheeks against the Lakers and uh, with that one-hand slam. Oh, man, and of course, it, was, it was just great Billy, basketball. And Billy Cunningham, a great friend, and he was a – he was a good friend of the building trades, but he was a great friend of McGee. He's still involved. He's just a great guy, you know, and uh, rest his soul, Jerry Sigal would always pull, you know, Billy out in his heyday, and he would show up and raise money for, you know, challenges over at McGee and, you know, how close that is to my heart. But, uh, I mean, just they, you just don't even see that. You don't even see that, you know, it's become such a, you know, an economic engine, you know, the NBA and, and uh even baseball, you don't see the players around town like they used to. You know, it, you know it's really disappointing to the, the John. You know the the number of players that seem to come to Philly and fold. Um, and you know, just when we think we have them, like Carson Wentz, and I know he got injured and, and all that. But once he once he lost it in his head here in Philly, he went right down the tubes. Obviously, Ben Simmons um, folding under the pressure. Um, we've had a number of individuals, um, you know, on a lot of our teams. That just went south on us, uh, you know. Scott Rowland for crying out loud! So many decades ago, I mean, there's somebody who was, you know, Mike Schmidt even talked about how great a third baseman he was, and um, you know, he folded. And once he folded, he wanted he wanted out. Um, you know, Eric Lindros for for you know at, at, towards the end of his career, we've had individuals. Do you think there's anything about playing in Philly that just is doesn't work for some people, and they and they and they just lose it based on the pressure? You're talking to the wrong guy about pressure. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so so look, I, I I live and die everything about Philly. I love Philly. I tell the kids all the time. I everything I learned, I learned at three places: one at the foot of my mom, two at the playground at Second and Jackson, better known as Two J, and three at St. Joe Prep. Okay, I'm true and blue Philly. My mom was true and blue Philly. I told you, dirt poor. And have her own clothes till she was five years old. Okay, so when somebody who's making multi-million dollars, okay, is folding because some social media outlet sold them out at five a.m. in the morning, or that you know somebody like I've never been a Simmons fan. I told you the kid never scored twenty points in college. He scored eighteen in high school. So my dad taught me this at an early age. You know, if, if a guy can score 40 in high school, 40 in grade school, the odds are he can score. If a guy doesn't score 20 points, why are we looking for him to score 30 in the NBA? So maybe our expectations were too high. Okay, but to say that making multi-million dollars, 8, 10, 20 million in some cases, and we're feeling pressure, that's not pressure. Okay, if anybody wants to give me a call, I'll tell what pressure is. And it's interesting because you look at guys like Brian Dawkins and Jason Kelsey, if anybody saw that video of him uh, talking about his own teammates giving back and, 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 and coming to tears, and guys like uh, you know Brian Dawkins, them guys ever buy a drink in Philly, whoever's standing around them ought to be barred from wherever they're standing. I mean, some yeah, a, a lot different. of our athletes. But you know what? It's different. Well, Kelsey's the, Kelsey is today, so I, I, I agree with you, but – I think John just mentioned it, or maybe you know, maybe you said Clark, it. But I was proud. I mean, right. It's different today. You don't see the Bobby you don't Clarkson. see the athletes around the town anymore. You don't see that engagement. I think 
you know, that used to be more relevant to everyone. I, I'm sure it's there, but it's not the same. It, 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 it's, it's totally different today versus, uh, versus the way it was. Listen, one of the, uh, you, the unions and baseball, and I've get and i, and I got to get into the break here, and then we'll come back and get this show underway. But, and, John, you may have been there. When Jim Tomey came to town and was greeted uh, when he arrived in Philadelphia um, by the union community. Yeah. I so you know the story. You know the story behind that, right? Okay. No. Okay. It was Local 98. It was the business agent, Bill Edwards, better known as Cuz, a kid who grew up a second in Jackson. Okay. When Tommy was coming, Cuz knew everything about Tommy, his family, thought that we needed him. New stadium. Somebody could hit a ball, you know, 500 feet out of right field. Okay. So we waited for him. Drywall the whole nine yards. Yeah. Okay, it was a deep story. You can go to the commercial, but I'll tell you, there's a couple articles. Sports Illustrated did something. Tommy mm-hmm. himself at the Hall of Fame acknowledged Local 98 and the Electricians Union for helping to him come to Philadelphia. David Montgomery and myself, who you heard me, I think I, that him and Arthur McAdon are two of the better kept secrets in Philadelphia history. They were both really good friends of mine, and I was you know, with David over at McGee's last few days. But I spent 45 days with him down the stretch trying to get that stadium built one time. And he tells me all the time, he said, I gotta let you know. He said, you guys had as much to do with Tommy as the, as the contract. And we were laughing. So yeah, if you have that passion and you get the guys, the right type of athlete, they'll love coming to Philly. Tommy loved coming to Philly. Loved that we knew about his dad, you know, working at John Deere. They knew all that stuff. You know, the fact that we had Tommy hats when he showed up already, yeah, you know, and nobody from the Phillies gave us, it, you know, it's just old school, ethnic, growing up in your neighborhood. The problem is kids don't play outside anymore. Okay. They don't imitate their athletes. They don't demand their athletes to come. They talk to people on TikTok and, you know, on social media. Yeah. Spot on. John Doherty Hour here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We'll get into our first commercial break. Good show lined up. Uh, in addition to our dialogue with John, John Bland uh, from Boilermakers Local 13. A little bit later, Joe Brooks, Executive Director of the Veterans Multi-Service Center right here in Philadelphia. And a long, long history uh, of great work. Joe Brooks will join us as well. This is the John Doherty Hour. Back in a moment. Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by IBEW Local 98 North, UFCW Local 1776, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, and the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, DC 21. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll veto it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. And back here on the John Doherty Hour as we come to you live on a Saturday night. It's our our Saturday before Christmas, but since we will not be here uh, a week from tonight at the very end of the show, uh, time permitting, uh, we'll get a couple of Christmas memories. Uh, Jay Doc from John Doc. Absolutely. Uh, we'll save that for the end of this show. Uh, and we will return, by the way, on New Year's night That's right. uh, with our final 
show, or, or either our final show of 2021 or technically our first show of 2022. Absolutely. And, and uh, by the way, we're, we're making a little history now. Um, we're happy to bring back into the broadcast uh, John Bland, business manager, Boilermakers Local 13, who uh, did the whole first hour uh, with us. And, and uh, uh, we John was very excited to be uh, obviously on the broadcast on the John Doherty Hour because John Doherty has impacted uh, so many of us in labor and a lot of the energy issues. Uh, back when we were just talking about them a year ago, John Doherty jumped on top of them and, 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 and gave great support and has made an incredible difference. And, and John Bland, you know, and John, you said to me, I'd be honored to be on the show uh, because of, you know, everything that Doc does. Why don't you pick it up from there, my friend? Hey, Jay Doc, hey, thanks again for having me back on. But, you know, Johnny Doherty, you know, like I said, I get to, I got to know him probably over the last three or four years a little more. Uh, over the last three or four years, the fight, the lobbying, everything we brought to Philadelphia, he brought to Philadelphia. I mean, fighting for the workers down in the shipyards. I mean, some of the things that I heard, I, I feel like he brought a lot of that work. The, the inspiration, bringing that work, the ships and everything, that was a part of him. And John didn't have to stand with me when we were fighting for the PES refinery. But you know what? When we were down there at City Hall, he was right by my side every step of the way. You know, we're fighting Reggie. He was by my side. And I, I just can't say enough what he's done for Philadelphia. The economical impact and, and development coming to Pennsylvania, not just Philadelphia, John's been a big part of what's coming here. And not looking down on anybody, whether it's union, non-union, making everybody strive to be better. And also, you know, raising everybody. It's not about prevailing wages, bringing the standard of living to everybody. And John's fought for everybody, from the little guy to the big guy. Not to mention the things that he's done to keep uh, the economic development in Philadelphia growing. You know, this whole COVID protocol that, that he started out, I felt like, you know, the regulations were implemented on what we started, what he started with the Philadelphia building trades. I mean, it, it's awesome. And I'm extremely upset right now because, you know, I feel like people should be coming out and helping them. The things that happen to John right now, I think is attack against labor. And it's not, a, it's, this is not a time to put your head in the sand. I mean, right now I feel like Trump could be rolling over because he would be down here screaming right now. Because everybody would be doing the same thing that John has done. And, and John, I got to thank you for everything you've done for me. Oh, that's, that's amazing. That's a Christmas present right there. You know, look, and, and, and there's a ton of mutual respect here. And John knows it. I tell people it's easy standing next to John. Because there's not a bone in his body that is not sincere. He's a boiler maker true and blue. Okay, he loves his members. He hates when he has to send them out of the area to work. He wants them to work here. Okay, and, and in their industry, it's a very, uh, as I put it, uh, fluid industry. You go where the work's at. He is, I've had him in D.C. I've had him every step of the way. When, you know, and I always, I tell the story, you know, Jim Snell, John Bland, and myself became pretty good friends. Because not only did, you know, energy take a backseat, you know, gas and, and pipelines and things like that, but you had the refinery had what I still consider a very um, questionable 
explosion. And he was in the room with me when I questioned that to the ownership of that refinery. You should have seen their face. When I, you know, identified the fact that they just settled on maybe a $6 million fire and this thing was worth $30 million. Mike could be off, you know, with the numbers, but he was right next to me when we questioned that, when nobody else was. When we were out, you know, we were stating concerns about arson, or at least, you know, taking an industry in their eyes that was dying and changing and taking profit out off the table and leaving us with, you know, a refinery that, you know, it took years and will take more years more to not only clean up, but to put something back in it. And whatever we put there won't be, you know, high paying jobs like we had before there. But I was in D.C. with them, sat in a room, uh, you know, out of all the, the Trump people, you know, pro- there was a gentleman by Peter Navarro who had probably as well a control of the issues as they pertain to us as anybody in that administration. And when it came time to converse with him, you know, we brought a lobbyist, Mike Oscar, down with us, who I love. And Mike Mike was doing his thing. And finally, Peter looked at Mike and said, okay, Mike. He said, uh, is there somebody here who wants to give me, you know, the, the, the Boilermaker version or the Fitter version? And John jumped right in and filled him in on everything. So that's the type of guy he is. That's the type of leadership he's extended. Reggie's a tough issue, you know, and I appreciate, you know, his comments on, on you know, the – most recent decision against ourselves, me and Bobby. Uh, I still haven't picked up a crime, even though, you know, my busted jury found one. That's fine. Okay. Eventually we'll, we'll go through the appeal process and all that. I don't usually dwell on that. But if you think that anything we did was corrupt, and I don't say, and I love the governor. You guys know that. I think he's one of the more honorable guys I've ever dealt with. They square. But if you watch Reggie, and you watch the way People, it is such a hot-button political issue. And by the way, last week I mentioned the name Austin Davis as probably the next lieutenant governor, okay, in Pennsylvania. I had to have about six or eight calls by Sunday night tell me, yo, when you hear that stuff, you can't talk about it on the radio. I said, well, I left. I said, it's the only job I have right now. Okay. So I was joking about it. So if you think that I got a lot of calls because we here on 1210, the number one, you know, rated, Nielsen rated hour, okay, with Joe Krause and Joe Doc and the labor community, okay, we have what's happening now. Not some rumor, not some innuendo. And some of our friends in the political community said, come on, John, you can't talk about that stuff on the radio. So if you think I got calls last week, where do you hear the calls I get now? If you look, Okay, if you look at the way Reggie's been politicized from the political aspects of people not getting things because they didn't vote the right way versus people having voted one way and changing their vote after meeting with people, the politics that goes with it, okay, you would think that, you know, that that it's a joke what happened with me and Bobby if you just watch any of what's going on with Reggie. Okay, on the merits, okay, there's other alternatives. There's things like the Carbon Initiative in L.A. we spoke about. If you listen to John talk about studies, okay, it would never be a political issue. It would be, we, we understand there's a transition going to clean energy. We understand that there's a lot of smart people who are involved. But if you watch the way that this has been politicized to the max. 
Okay, I have people call me all the time. Okay, call me all the time, saying, "Oh, you know, I, you know, can, give me a free ride on this." You know, tell the trades I need a free ride because I'm getting pressure and I need this in my district and I won't get it if I don't. Oh, I just got off the phone with somebody who's got a campaign this week, really don't want to campaign with me if I'm on this side. I'm like, yo, stop. Just vote your, vote your heart. Vote your district. Vote with your campaign vote. And John Bland, you know, he, he, he comes out with the facts. So real easy. You know, I, I imagine, Joe, eventually you'll probably get a call saying, yo, you can't have Johnny talking about the truth all the time. That's dangerous, man. You know, if his radio show is going to be like that, you know, well, God forbid. You know? Well, you know, uh, John Bland mentioned something uh, earlier um, in regards to this situation, and I'm going to let him talk on it right now. Uh, John was calling out Liz Shore and Sean McGarvey to come to Philly and address this, uh, this situation and how ridiculous it is um, that what happened happened. Uh, and John, you want to elaborate? Well, I appreciate that, Joe. I mean, like I said, listen, listen to everything that happened. You know, I mean, I just mentioned Trumka. He, he'd be rolling over right now. But right now, the way I look at things, our our leaders, Liz Shuler, you know, leads the AFL-CIO, and Sean McGarvey. I mean, we need your attention on this because, like I said, you take Johnny Doc, you take Bobby Heenan's name out of the equation, this is an attack against labor because every time I call down, I'm lobbying for my guys for work in my area. So you're telling me I can't – I can't do anything like that. This is a tag. What about the guy that's a construction worker that's sitting on, you know, what's on city council that, you know, he's got no affiliation with the union, but you know what? He's sitting on, he's sitting on the zoning board. Is that a conflict? Where do you draw the line? You know, we were thrown under the bus and I need somebody to come to the rescue because we're killing labor right now. And that's how I feel strongly about this we got to send a message that we can't take this well, just so you know, and I'll, I'll give you i'll give you an example richie trumka was a different breed you don't have to like richie trumka okay some people you know now that he has passed you know if you take a look at the aflca probably i i don't know this for a fact but i would say probably anybody who was a loyalist of his is probably gone okay that's the way this operates the pop but that's part of the problem we have and the labor movement is part of the problem why the labor movement's numbers, you know, had dwindled. Now, I'm going to tell you, Local 98, and I'm going to tell you this again real closely. No, Local 98's assets, okay, are as high as higher than anybody in the IBW. or right up there with anybody this size or, you know, in America, in any union. Our liabilities are none. We're basically a cash-on-delivery union with over $100 million in fluid cash. That's more than the city of Philadelphia's budget. Why? Because our members get raises. When I got raises, people, you've heard them scream, Joe, say, oh, you get three fifty an hour for three years. Oh, my God, he's going to price himself out of work. No, we're not. Okay. When we get a raise, when we don't have work, we don't get paid. So it doesn't cost anybody anything. When we work, we get paid. Okay, if you take a look. For example, I haven't heard too much from Frankie Snyder. Frankie was an organizer at Comcast. They kicked his ass when he was an organizer. He did nothing. He won no battles. I was right there. 
Liz knows how the Comcast kicked the IBW ass nationally. Okay, they know that Comcast is in the middle of my issue because I stood up to them. Okay, you heard the story. You know, I had, the, the day, the, the day that when myself and David Cohen had our final falling out, and he said, really? Bobby's going to have hearings and writing? Really? Okay, three, four days later, the U.S. attorney went up on my phone for a couple of years. You forgot to tell that the U.S. attorney who was in charge then, okay, was married to the lead in-house counsel at Comcast and an executive vice president, and that an organizing effort would it definitely affect the stock, especially if a policy that I put in place in Philadelphia went across the country, which was their biggest fear, which was brought out during the trial. So you have, you have Liz and you have Frankie. Okay. I told the show on this week, he gets it. You know, Comcast, you know, these are the people who are kicking our butt. So when you stand up to them, there's flesh wounds. And some, and some days, maybe more, like I got, I got, I got, no, but hey, listen. I had 31 years of doing things the right way. That's why Local 98, okay, is the most efficiently ran, well-funded, least liability union in, in the IBW, Canada, Puerto Rico. It's facts. It just came out in the LM2 reports. So I joke, I, and I let people know, if you're a labor leader, okay, and you worry about an election every three years, Okay, your union will flourish when other people help it flourish. If you do your job and stand up to the big guys and represent your members and become part of the community and become part of the fabric of Philadelphia, your union will grow and profit. Okay, again, I don't, I guess it's, I mentioned earlier on the show, my mom was poor, never knew what it was like to have anything because we never had anything. Even when we were doing well, she didn't understand we were doing well. Beautiful woman, pretty woman, told me to do my homework, and when she didn't like my homework, she sent me to bed and redid it. Okay? I love her. But, but second in Jackson, I learned to win and lose. But what I learned is when you're losing, if you cry, you don't play again. You didn't see me blink the last six months. I don't blink. I ain't crying. Okay? And St. Joe Prep taught me to question things. Okay? John Bland will always be have me at his side no matter what I'm doing or where I'm at because he's a labor leader. And he had the audacity to get on, t on this radio show and call out leadership. Okay, there's four or five other guys in this town that have that same type of internal fortitude. That's why Philadelphia, look, I have no disrespect, but look at New York. Anybody see the videos that are going on in San Francisco right now? Okay, listen, the liberal left okay, has basically blown the union movement up. There's limited to no work. Market share is terrible. There was, there was a video. I mean, there's open-end drug use, right? It would be equivalent to Market Street. Okay, yeah, I mean, you've got to stand up. You've got to speak your piece. I always did. You know, and everybody knew that the Philadelphia Building Trades and Local 98 was going to have an opinion because you can't influence public opinion if you don't have one. John Doherty Hour on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. John Bland, thank you, sir. We'll get to a break. More on the other side. Back in a moment. This edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Laborers District Council, Steam Fitters Local 420, and the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 542. 
we're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. Telling you the way it is on a Saturday night, this is the John Doherty Hour on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, uh, 745 on the dial. Gentlemen, we have about 12 minutes before we run out of time uh, on this Saturday night. Special thanks to John Bland, J. Doc, for joining us. Uh, John Doherty, good guest coming on. Joe Brooks, the executive director of the Veterans Multi-Service Center here in Philadelphia. A long, long, incredible uh, history uh, with the USO. And he joins uh, the John Doherty Hour. John, over back over to you, sir. Yeah, Joe is just a great, he's been a public servant. He's a great family man. He's a great Philadelphian. You know, uh, always, you know, with his family, uh, yesteryear with his dad, you know, when we used to, when we were all down at Penn's Landing together, either sitting on the board or in his case, he was the executive director and a great one at that. But the multi-veteran centers and, and all the things that he's doing are so special. And I was watching a commercial the other day, and I was just wondering why more people, you know, don't get more involved with the veterans. You know, it was, it was a commercial for the walking, you know, wounded. I mean, it's just amazing what he does. He does it with limited resources. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm glad that he took, you know, the Saturday before Christmas to jump on this phone with us because he's a, he's a great Philadelphian and a great person. And uh, just to let him know, I was with our guys up at Local 98 today, and, you know, they were continuing to fill these white boxes with toys that they were distributing everywhere. But I was in the room with Tara, and uh, Tara happens to be, uh, I like to say my baby, but she's also my lawyer, and a very good one. And, she, and, and one of the things that I was kidding with her because, she has us all, she's adopted families, you know, from a couple of these uh, organizations for the holidays, and, and she's got tons of co- clothes uh, gathered and, and toiletries, and they're all wrapped and everything. But one of the things that we were joking with her, I, I asked her, I said, she used to do, you know, the wills for veterans with Patrick Murphy and a few people, and we haven't done that in a while. And I said to her, I said, you're going to have to, you know, get us back involved with the vets, because I was commenting on the commercial. And then when I looked at the agenda for the night, and realized Joe was on with us tonight. I said, man, this is just, you know, purely coincidental, but great that we are. Joe, tell us how we can all be more helpful to you during the holidays and, you know, all these people that serve our country, you know, uh, you know, and that you're, you're one of the few groups of people out there that are doing anything for them. John, first off, what I want to say is it's good talking to you, my, my old friend. Um, it's been, it's been a while. Um, I appreciate all the kind words. Let me throw a couple back at you. Um, great Philadelphian. Um, um, exceptional family man and somebody I'm honored to call a friend. So let me say that back to you. Um, John, it's been a long journey since um, um, my days at Penn's Landing. Um, as was mentioned earlier, I spent 10 years taking care of those military currently wearing the uniform as president and CEO of the USO. And that was an incredibly um, rewarding job. But for the past two years, um, I've been executive director of Veterans Multi Service Center. And it's a completely different message, uh, completely different mission. Um, We're taking care of the most vulnerable of our veterans population. Those veterans that have fallen through society's safety net. And we're, we're, we're there. We're helping those um, at or below the poverty line, those veterans, their family members, um, 
on the cusp of homelessness or literal homelessness. We're the nonprofit that houses homeless veterans. We're the nonprofit that feeds homeless veterans. And we're the nonprofit that job trains and job places homeless veterans at seven offices throughout Pennsylvania, southern New Jersey, and Delaware. And that's who BMC is. Yeah, well, you do a great job. And, again, I just want to let you know, just because I've kind of stepped aside at the trades on Local 98 and officially retired, the, the, the young man who replaced me, uh, Mark Lynch, he's a Cardinal Doherty grad. I know that that uh, resonates well with a lot of you and your friends up there. And, uh, you know, he'll be, he'll be a strong participant, you know, on all the issues you're associated with. I, I, I know that in advance. John, let me let me tell you this real quick, and I want to talk about um, how strong the building trades have been to our work at Veterans Multi Service Center. So, um, our headquarters is in Old City, um, literally directly adjacent to the Ben Franklin Bridge at Fourth and Florist. We're between Race and Callow Hill. Um, we're redoing the entirety of our ground floor to make um, the experience um, more efficient for our veterans that are coming for service, but also safer um, for our veterans and staff members as we continue to battle COVID. Um, 100% of this job, um, the ground floor renovation, was done by the building trades, 100%. And, John, let me tell you something. It's not just it's not just the job was done on time, um, and it's not just that the job was done on budget. It's the quality of work. Um, in in this new center that we're going to cut the ribbon on in um, a few short weeks. It's the only it's a, it's only the quality you would get associated with folks that have dedicated their lives, gone through the proper training that you get through the building trades. And you know, local ninety eight led the led the way. Um, I happen to know um, a couple of the electricians that were doing the work that day, um, and it was just it was comforting to know that the job would get done right. And to your point. Yeah, this Cardinal Doherty grad is going to, all due respect to you and your St. Joe Prep alumni, this Cardinal Doherty grad <laughs> plus 84 is always, always up for working with fellow Cardinals. Hey, Joe, just so you know, I, you were, you know, working and, and helping other people in other locations. When, back when I took over as the, as the chairman of the Philadelphia Redevelopment Authority, we found a way to purchase the bricks and make sure that that building was owned by your organization. When I did that, you know, I did it at the Redevelopment Authority. I got it in the early 2000s. And at the time, <clears throat> you had someone by the name of Franny Rafferty, a former councilman, okay, who was a big, big supporter, rest his soul. You know, I always yeah, had a great relationship. Yeah, he was the board of He was the guy supporter of the organization. And then, and then you had Mary Francis Fogg, who was working alongside with me over at the Redevelopment Authority, who was also, you know, pretty active there. What we did is we not only helped early on, you know, renovate that, but we used to show up all the time. I actually put mm-hmm. the computers up on the fourth floor, you know, when we ran the computer courses. I've quoted 150 times, if not more, that I used to tell people it was the premier place. It just needed to be funded. It needed to be expanded. When you went in there, it was a place for veterans who were coming back from the Middle East War at that time, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. They they would come back, they'd have a place, and this was the coolest thing. They would come back in the summer, they would be able to walk in, cool off, get a shower, get their cleans, 
get her clothes cleaned. Okay, go upstairs, see a medical doctor. Also, if they had some resources that would help them get someplace else, there was another floor. Okay, <clears throat> in the winter, if it was freezing out, you could stop in, get a warm meal, get your clothes cleaned, get a, get a warm shower, go back outside. I was down there myself uh, hundreds of times, okay, and it was amazing. So to hear that, you know, in 21, when the world's changing, you know, quickly, that you have been able to keep that place alive during a pandemic is amazing. And I know the one thing with, that you'll continue to do is grow it. It needs to grow. That, that, thank God you're renovating it. But anything you need from us, you know, in my capacity now as a active retiree, you'll get. But I know, you know, Ryan Boyer and, you know, the guys, and you're friendly with Brian Edis, who's one of Ryan's key agents, you know, he's, he'll do whatever you need. And I know Mark, you know, and Local 98, that we have so many veterans that are active. I mean, we're always, you know, anything that we have that, that has the word veterans associated, we can't wait to get there. And again, yeah. please tell people what you do. People don't know. It's amazing. It's not, it's John, it's, it's I'll not give you, I'll give you a, stay I'll, overnight. Yep. Yeah. So, John, just real, real quick, just for, so folks understand the size of the problem, but have some level of comfort that there's a group of people that are working on it 365 days a year, um, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You know, when the clock strikes midnight um, and we close out this year, John, we will have fed, provided 175,000 free meals to homeless veterans in PA, New Jersey, and Delaware. 175,000 meals. We will have transported veterans to their VA appointments and other doctor's appointments to the equivalent of 48,000 miles traveled this year. Um, but here, here's, here's, here's a number I'm going to throw at you that will probably shock you, um, and, and it should get your attention, because I, I say this all the time, that VMC is a life-saving and a life-transforming nonprofit. This year, we will have unlocked benefits, okay, that our veterans were you know, sacrificed so much to obtain, but they didn't know how to get. They couldn't, they couldn't manage the VA. They didn't know how to approach it, right? We unlocked $1,485,000 in benefits that, that veterans who were at or near the poverty line didn't know they could access. VMC unlocked that for them. And so, I, I, I want to state this again. It, it's, it's a nonprofit that not just it's life transforming and life saving nonprofit. And we do it 365 days a year, John. We're a nonprofit. We rely on donations. We rely on any kind of support. Um, but we got a lot of true believers here that show up every day of the week. You know, even at the height of COVID, John, if you recall back in 2019, when local elected leaders were rightfully telling people, you know, shelter in place. Um, I had wondered, like, oh, how, how am I going to motivate my team to get them to come into work? Don't you know my phone starts blowing up with all of my staff saying, um, boss, we're, 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 I, I, I'm life essential. I have to come in. If I don't come in to work tomorrow, somebody's not getting fed. Boss, I have to come in tomorrow. If I don't come in tomorrow, I'm not getting that veteran's family housed. And so it, it's a pretty remarkable organization. And I say this uh, all the time, but... Life essential work, John. That's what we do. 
365 days a year. And I appreciate the opportunity to come on and and tell our story for your listeners. Joe Brooks, Executive Director of the Veterans Multi-Service Center here in Philadelphia, joining the John Doherty Hour and closing it up. Joe Brooks, appreciate uh, the work that you do uh, and that you will continue to do. John Doherty, I have 30 seconds before the music begins, and we say goodnight on this Saturday, um, and I give it all to you, my friend. Well, just so you know, it's, you know, my... One of my favorite movies is It's a Wonderful Life, as to many other. If you listen to this conversation we had tonight, I mean, we, we talked about the multi-veteran center. Okay, we talked about... Uh, the, 20 the, seconds, the veterans. Yeah, the veterans with the roles. If you talk about Buddy Osborne, you talk about Krause's Coats, you talk about the Philadelphia Building Trades, Local 98, and all these unions are consistently in 25 locations where nobody else is at and have been. You know, something as simple as Jim told me, but all the other complicated things. I just want to wish everybody in Philadelphia, but primarily my brothers and sisters in the Philadelphia Building Trade, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and I'll talk to you before the end of the year. But thank you for listening. Krause, Joey, thank you for everything you guys do. You're wonderful. Merry Christmas to both you and your families. Merry Christmas, everyone. See you next time. Communication Workers of America District 213 proudly presents The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. Labor's weekly live radio program right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. CWA members are fighting for the PRO Act to protect the rights of all workers to speak up on the job without fear of retaliation and to make it easier to join unions and bargain fair contracts. We are CWA Strong, Ed Mooney, District 213 Vice President. Plumbers Local 690 proudly promotes, supports, and endorses the belief plumbers protect the health of the nation. The highly skilled workers of Plumbers Local 690 specialize in commercial and residential work. Plumbers Local 690 workers work on stadium projects and the largest corporate projects and your residential property. Plumbers Local 690, George P. Graham, Business Manager. God bless America. Wondering about the value of your home, thinking about an investment property or a place down the shore? You need the right real estate team. You need the Bass Team with Relink Real Estate Group. Call Jerry and Stephanie Bass at 267-772-3009. They'll answer your questions and help guide you every step of the way to reach your goals. They're pro-union with the knowledge, experience, and commitment that makes them the right choice for you. Call the Bass Team now at 267-772-3009. That's 267-772-3009. The Laborers District Council of Philadelphia and vicinity is proud to support The Labor Show and the John Doherty Hour. For more than 50 years, they've represented more than 5,000 members in local unions 57, 135, 332, and 413. Securing projects, promoting the hiring of union workers, and meeting the quality of life and work needs of employees and employers in the five-county region. To learn more, visit ldc-phila-vic.org. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management.